Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 337. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. Welcome to the MCAT Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I am joined by our sponsor, Blueprint MCAT, and one of their amazing live online instructors. This week, we're going to learn some active learning hacks to crush the MCAT. One of the best ways we talk about it all the time is active learning. What does that mean? Well, we're going to talk about that today. Before we jump in, though, don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com. Sign up for their free account where you get access to a half-length diagnostic and a free full-length exam, which we have covered here on the MCAT podcast in earlier episodes. You can go back and listen to those and follow along with those exams so you can get a better idea on how to think about this process. We get some feedback every once in a while from students that are like, I don't like when Dr. Gray tries to answer the question. Just tell me what the right answer is. And I like to push back and be like, my thought process, because I am someone who has been so far removed from the sciences, my thought process helps you understand that even without a firm understanding of the science, a firm understanding of the passages or the questions or the answers, you can still oftentimes get the right answer just by going through a thought process. So go check those out, blueprintmcat.com and here on the MCAT podcast. Let's go and jump into our episode today. Zaska, welcome back to the MCAT podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Um, yeah, I think it's starting to get a little bit colder in New York, which is exciting, but I definitely need to, I don't have any like cold weather clothes. So <laughs> gotta go shopping soon. Gotta go shopping. Uh, someone from Texas and California where you've spent the majority of your life. Uh, New York cold will be a rude awakening. Although the winters are starting to get a little bit more mild, may, thanks to climate change, <laughs> um, as, as it's starting to get warmer and warmer. So we'll see. Um, ha have you been affected now that you're in New York? Uh, we, we've been seeing like the subways flooding and stuff with crazy rains. Have, have you encountered that yet? Yeah. Um, it, I don't remember the, the statistics specifically, but it's like literally rain almost every weekend that I've like been here in New York wow. since like July. I don't know what it is. Um, I think that torrential downpour was like maybe a monthish ago, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was pretty bad for like where I was like the, the sides of the road, there was just like these like huge like rivers of water. And it was just so like, I, I went to walk to med school um, and I just came in and it was like dripping in the anatomy lab. And I was like, I'm so sorry, but it's definitely <laughs> not one of those. It was not one of those situations where you can get away with like not having an umbrella because otherwise like you would just be drenched. Yeah. 
Yeah, so fun, so fun. Well, hopefully you survive your first winter there. Um, <laughs> I want to talk about active learning. A couple episodes we covered, a couple episodes ago, we covered flashcards, which I'm assuming will come up in our conversation today. Uh, but active yeah. learning is a very common topic we cover here on the podcast because it's an important thing to recognize, to understand, an important strategy, if you want to call it a strategy, to utilize in all of life, not just for the MCAT. If, if I were to ask you, Zaska, for the one sentence definition of what you think active learning is, how would you define it? Um, I feel like it, I would probably define it as any kind of activity that, hmm, any kind of activity that forces you to engage with the material. Um, mm. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to like explain this. It's hard. To say, actively (laughs) okay let me let me attempt this again i think i would say it's really uh any kind of activity that forces you to think a bit more deeply about the subject matter versus kind of just like a superficial like reading or reviewing kind of strategy yeah so superficial right is what i think I mean, the, the student wouldn't say, oh, I'm superficially studying, but but that's what most people do, especially with MCAT prep. We have always said the number one mistake that students make with MCAT prep is just doing content review. And by content review, they open up their books and they read 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 like they're reading a fiction novel, right? They're reading fiction and it's just going to absorb and they're going to learn the story and be able to talk about the characters later on. But when it comes to MCAT prep and these formulas they need to understand and these theories that they need to know inside and out and all of this stuff, that's that's a mistake, right? That stu- students are doing this non-active learning for the bulk of their MCAT prep. Yeah, totally. I think um, one of the biggest mistakes that people make in their MCAT prep and something that we say as like blueprint instructors all the time um, is that they do too much content review and not enough practice, right? Because practice problems in whatever form you may do, in whatever form you may be doing them, right? Like whether it's a question bank or you're doing practice tests or whatever you might be using, um, Generally, like, I don't know, I feel like people are like, sometimes people forget that the MCAT is an application test, right? And it's important that you know the content that underlies a lot of the questions that the MCAT is testing. But it's also important to be able to apply that. And you're not going to learn how to apply that if you're not doing practice. Um, I think that it can be scary sometimes, like starting practice when you're not necessarily like, finished with your uh, content review because you're going to be doing practice problems and you're like, oh my God, I'm getting so many things wrong. Like this is no fun. Like let me just wait to do practice problems until I feel confident with the material. The thing is though, is in a weird way, practice problems are a form of content review because even if you're going in and you're doing your practice problems and you're getting all of them just like 100% wrong, you're still learning, right? Like when you're reviewing those questions and you're figuring out what things you're maybe not as strong in, that is in itself a way to learn content. Yeah, and we had talked about that before where we we want to avoid feeling dumb or getting things wrong. We wanna protect our ego at all costs. So when it comes to actively engaging, right? Active learning, 
with MCAT prep, when it comes to going, okay, I'm going to read for a little bit, but then I'm going to go and do something that actually challenges me. How do we convince someone to do, go do that? Um, I think um, in convincing someone, I'm not really sure about that. I think like I would say with trial and error, probably you would come to the conclusion that like, oh, like if I'm just reading these textbooks and if I'm painting them yellow with highlighter, um, I'm not necessarily retaining. That's like at least what I like found. Like I know like we always talk about active learning, active learning, active learning. Um, but I think like during most of undergrad, I kind of got away with like pretty passive learning strategies until I got to the MCAT. And then I realized, oh, maybe reading these textbooks isn't enough. Maybe I need to be doing other stuff. Um, in regards to things that like I use during this time, I know we like talked like a couple episodes ago about like flashcards and maybe it's a little redundant, but I cannot emphasize enough how much flashcards have been helpful to me, not just during the MCAP, but just in general, like flashcards are probably one of my favorite active learning tools that exist out there. Yeah. We talk about study groups a lot on this podcast in terms of being a very mm -hmm. effective way to study for the MCAT, uh, a very inexpensive way, right? Because most study groups are just, it's free and you you set up some groups with some people, your classmates or whatever. Um, talk about active study potential techniques with a study group, maybe teaching each other topics that you're covering. Yeah, um, I think um, teaching each other topics is like, probably my favorite thing to do in groups. And it's something that I have like done in like medical school also and something that I did during the MCAT. So when I was studying for the MCAT, um, me and my friends would kind of like divvy up the topics and like basically like teach each other. So we'd come together for a study group and be like, okay, like for this one, we will be talking about like amino acids and proteins. And then we would split up the topics. We would each have our own um, like time to teach that topic to everyone. And so in those scenarios, right, you coming up with your presentation to be able to teach others about a specific topic teaches you so much. Um, and then the other people obviously benefit because they're hearing you teach that to the others. I think another important thing to mention here too, is that it's honestly like, personally, maybe it's just because I'm an educator and I just like love teaching so much, but I think it's a really good way to make the MCAT studying process feel more fun and feel kind of like you're less alone. Because I think one of the biggest things too with studying for the MCAT is sometimes when you're feeling like you're super isolated, it doesn't necessarily like feel great. Um, and so being able to kind of curate that community as well can help make the process a bit easier on you. Yeah. What do you think is a, a balance? If, if you could pick a number of like 70% active, 30% passive, like is there a number that students should, should try to target? Um, I don't necessarily think that there is like a specific number, but I would generally recommend like having a majority of like active learning techniques just because I know and like research shows that like that's the kind of learning that will help you retain things in the long run. Like obviously I think there is a time and a place for reading textbooks, right? Like there are a lot of MCAT textbooks, a lot of students end up using them, but if you are only doing that kind of passive review, you're not going to remember it long term. So I would say, yes, there is a time and a place for some passive learning. But the majority of your learning, again, for your ultimate success on the MCAT should be active. Yeah. So active learning, right? We can think about content review, 
right? Content review is a big part of this process in terms of uh, reading the textbooks, understanding the the knowledge base, the content that we have to know. How does active learning play a part when it comes to full-length exams and full-length review? Um, I guess like if you're at the point of your prep where you're taking full-length exams and full-length and you're like reviewing them, you're not necessarily going to be in the part of your studying where you are, you know, like sitting down every day reading a book and trying to um, like memorize the content that way. So I would say active learning plays a pretty big part in that just in the sense that obviously you're not in your content review part of your um, prep, but after you are reviewing your full lengths, one of the biggest parts of full length review is the fact that you kind of are able to accumulate topics that you may not be as strong in. So again, it kind of depends on how you end up doing your review. But for me personally, I would just go through all of my full lengths using a Google sheet and would like manually go through and be like, okay, I got question two wrong. Here is the question stem, here is the right answer, why the answer is right, here's what I answered and why I answer that, and here's what I can do next time. And usually I'd have like a little box in this beautiful Google Sheet that would be like, what topic does this address? Oh, for example, this is optics. Maybe I should do a little bit more review of that before I go into the next full length because I know that that's something that I need to brush up on. So once you have that list of topics, whatever way you decide to review, um, you can go through those and use your beautiful active learning techniques to be able to solidify that and make sure that you do better next time. Yeah. When it comes to doing QBanks or maybe full-length exams or even doing content review, when when someone's studying something or sees a question that, that maybe they didn't know, do you have any kind of thoughts on strategies to go, okay, here's the superficial kind of information that's being told to me that I'm going to potentially have to regurgitate later. But mm-hmm. any any strategy strategies in terms of taking that little piece of information and building out four other pieces of information that the book's not telling you, but maybe you can build that sort of knowledge actively. I'm, I'm trying to think of active learning here. That's like, oh, here's one snippet of information. I'm going to build out three or four other data points based on this one piece of information that the MCAT may ask me about, right? And the example I give all the time is, is right, an amino acid, right? We have to understand the, the 3D kind of visualization of what an amino acid looks like. And it it's right from the front, the back, and the top. But the MCAT may ask a question where you're supposed to think about it from looking at the bottom and you've never thought about it that way. And you're like, oh, wait, I don't, I don't know what lysine looks like from the bottom. I never thought about it that way. Like, a- any thoughts around that or am I just sounding like a crazy person? <laughs> no, you don't sound like a crazy person. Um, I think <laughs> like generally I would say that this is something that like, I don't know, I think in order to in order to know that you have never looked at the bottom of a lysine, for example, um, you would have to like figure that out through that like through those questions. And I think generally, the best way to kind of like have like a larger picture understanding and be able to look at something from multiple angles is to also kind of like reflect that in your studying. So what I mean is like 
obviously we all have active learning techniques that work personally like best for us, right? Like I'm a big, big fan of flashcards, but if you're only using like that kind of like, you know, active learning technique, you may only like know it in like one specific way, which is why like, if you want to kind of have like a more comprehensive understanding and be able to kind of look at something from different angles and make connections to other things, sometimes I think it's helpful to, you know, try your hand at different things. And that's why like teaching is super, super yeah. valuable, right? Because maybe you understand something in a certain way and then your friend chimes in, oh, but like, what about blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh, I've never thought about that before. It's happened to me many times during medical school where I just simply miss a detail that was talked about in class. So being able to get different perspectives and, you know, studying things in different ways can kind of help you expand a bit and understand things on a, on a larger level. Yeah. Uh, I wonder... Uh, and and we may or may not do an episode about technology, but I I wonder um, how ChatGPT or any of these new AI models out there potentially can help us if we're a little bit more of a secluded type study or we don't want to be in a study group. I don't have someone to teach. I wonder if I could go on to ChatGPT and say, I want you to be a student. I'm going to teach you about amino acids. And you type up your thing and you're like, I want you to poke holes in what I presented and ask me questions to challenge my knowledge of something. I bet you ChatGPT would be very good with that. Yeah, I think that's super interesting to think about. Um, something interesting about NYU specifically is that um, I think like pretty early on, like one of our orientation sessions was talking about like the role of AI and like the role of AI in um, like medical education. Yeah. Um, and I, I know maybe, NYU you know, is very, to... <laughs> very big with uh, AI in admissions. Yeah. And not to veer too much off course here, but um, in addition to maybe using AI to act as like an additional student, I think another active learning technique that ChatGPT could be potentially helpful for is just generating questions, right? Yeah. Um, cause that's something that NYU does for all of our like exams, especially in our preclinical mm -hmm. phase. Um, if like professors want to generate questions that students can practice in advance of the exam, they like literally like use NYU's version of chat GPT to do it, which I think is really cool. Obviously you need to be able to vet the information and make sure that it's like correct. But if for some reason you are in lack of questions and you're like a, big MCAT person that is like blazed through all the questions available to them. If you needed more and need more active practice, ChatGPT could be potentially helpful for that use yeah. case. Yeah, that's very interesting. I like it. Uh, any last thoughts on active learning to help a student uh, kind of get into that world? Because we all think that active learning is like, that's where the magic happens with studying. Yeah, um, I think like I said, keep in mind that there are going to be some active learning strategies that work the best for you. And, you know, it's again, like, I feel like, you know, we say this, I said this like last week or something, but there's a lot of different kinds of things out there. And it's can be paralyzing to think about all the different things that you could do. The biggest thing that you can do for yourself, especially active learning wise is just to give it a try. And if it doesn't work for you, there's probably another active learning strategy that'll work better. And you can move on and do that one instead. All right, there you have it. Hopefully that was good for you. This is um, the MCAT podcast is here for you to learn, to grow, to triumph uh, like our episode today with active learning. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com and their amazing free account over again, again at blueprintmcat.com.
Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. This is MedEd Media.